0: so wrong so wrong now i'm right many people ask when can i see and where can i see mike steinel well this wednesday march 29th professor mike steinel will be at the comedy arena in mckinney texas then on april 1st he'll be at the university of texas at dallas the johnson performance hall april fool's day spend april fool's day with professor mike steinel and then on april 19th he will be streaming live from the wine bar in denton texas we'll ask how you can watch that i would assume you go to mike for all your mike steinel information and while you're over there pick up saving charlie parker a novel professor mike steinel's latest book hello professor hello david it's I've great to see you. you it's great to see you we're, we're kind of coming back the old gang
1: is coming back you know i wrote a little song today called feldman's back is it about my back no, no. it's about
0: it's
1: about your show you want to hear it? of course i can do it live it's got a little harp introduction here okay okay
2: the <laughs> car.
1: his computer got glitchy and he got kind of itchy he had to make some dough so he trimmed his show he cut everything out except he only did the news some people said his YouTube got a lot more views but Feldman's back
2: Feldman's
1: back. Feldman's back. Feldman's back. he's got Harry jk and the hershenfelds too he's got howie klein so he's not the only jew <laughs> he rounds it all out with the props and mary ann we're all happy frankenberger's back because frankenberger is the man but feldman's back Feldman's back, Feldman's back, Feldman's back. I said,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow, we're. wow the crowd i had two and you know, i had to you know i had to get jew in there i'm sorry about that was that to... insensitive no no <laughs>
0: uh, oh man tell me how are things in texas what do we need to know what's going on in denton
1: texas it's nice and warm it's going to be it's in the 80s today a little warm nice. um you know it's we're, we're getting spring is budding out all over Spring is busting out all over. I was yes. talking to my
0: sister today. I was going for a
1: walk near yeah.
0: the Mansion.
1: And I said,
0: you know, it's not been an easy year for anybody, including you. And uh I said, I think we're gonna have a spring. I think spring is coming anyway, despite everybody's uh
1: unhappiness. People seem oh yeah, sad. yeah. People seem to be sad. Uh Yeah, you know, um, I I do know why, but you know, um, you you were talking about in the previous segment about Willis Reed who passed away. Yeah, and I don't know if you listen to this guy, but Tony Kornheiser has a podcast. I watch guy, right? Yeah, sports, great sports writer, Washington Post. I watch. uh, Pardon the uh, pardon the interruption. Every day at four thirty. I tape it sometimes. And him and um Wilbon, this guy Wilbon, um what Tony Kornheiser and I can't remember Wilbon's first name. He just calls him Wilbon all the time. But they, you know, like if you want to just get a little capsule of what's going on in sports, Mm -hmm. it's it's great. They go really fast. But he does a I think three days a week, he does a more extended podcast. And you might check out Monday's show or maybe it was yesterday's show where he talks about Willis Reed. He has this long. It's very beautiful. He describes that game when, when Willis Reed came onto the court, the this, this seventh game with the Lakers. Right. And uh, he started off, he hit two left handed jumpers. You know, it's the only four points he made the whole game, but it got the team going. And, uh, they, you know, they they, beat, they won the, the, the championship that year. Anyway, so that, but I think you would enjoy. He, Tony Kornheiser is a great writer. And, um, he's very thoughtful and it's almost like when he's talking, it's almost like poetry, you know, it's hmm. interesting. It's very similar to the way you do the news. I think I'm very impressed with the way you, you know, like, and I've always asked you, you know, do you write that out a lot? You know, because it seems well-conceived. It has, it has, um, elements of good writing, you know, where you come back and touch on a theme and, um, Anyway, so uh, that's very sweet of you. I've been doing a lot of writing. I'm, I'm at the point on this next novel. You know, like um, I got a bunch of books on screenwriting a number of years ago because I thought I would turn something I was writing into a screenplay because I thought it was worthy of uh, of uh, some notice. Mm-hmm. And it was about I was writing about the uh, Alabama, the, the Bama State Collegians, which was a college band which in the beginning of the depression pulled their college out of, out of uh, bankruptcy by appearing. They were very popular and they won. They were, they bested the count Basie band and other bands really in the polls. Yeah.
0: And and, then, and were they
1: white? Were they, after- Oh no, it's a all black school. You know, great, it's a historic, show. it's, it's HC. It. Yeah. In Montgomery. And, uh, but I visited there on my sabbatical and, I got into the archives of the president at the time, and he was booking the band through all these letters of him making offers to, you know, uh, different places, different theaters. And the band was very popular. I think we should
0: stop you right there. Why? I think somebody's going to steal your
1: idea. Well, here's the thing. The thing that I was telling somebody about the band and I recounted this story. Um, They got arrested in they were touring in florida and they got arrested their bus because uh, they'd been in the state too long and they got put in jail in a little some little town and they called the the president of the college and they were released the next day and they asked the couple well, how, why did you get uh why who, why are we getting released well your president called the president and um uh, Got to, and then he called the governor and he called the mayor and he called the sheriff. Um, and they said, Well, what president? I said FDR. Wow, well, that's in the green book. Oh, really? That story's in the green book, and I always thought that they stole that from the Alabama, the, ba- the Alabama State Collegians. Oh, but, okay. Interesting. So it's based on a true. Yeah, it happened to the. It happened to Erskine Hawkins and the Bama State. Now Erskine Hawkins became a great uh, band leader, but he took the band (laughs) during summer. He took the band on a tour to New York and never brought them back. Mm. They were the Bama State Collegians for two more years, and finally (laughs) the college said, "You cannot do this." So you know what he did? What he called them the original Bama State Collegians. (laughs) You know, I think you have a a novel here, professor. Well, you know, I started I got I got that was got me. That was one of my first attempts to write some fiction. And the reason I went fiction is I got down there and I'd read all these books about what was going on in Birmingham and Montgomery in terms of the the black music scene and how they were making all these great musicians who became famous. And some of them were not so famous, but they populated all the dance bands in the in the 30s, which was a huge craze. Mm-hmm. But I got down there and I started interviewing people. and I realized, oh, they're just telling me what I've already read. Everybody who had, what do you call it? Like firsthand knowledge. They mm-hmm. were all dead. They were all dead. Right. So I said, I just got to make it up, you know? And so I started writing it. But I, what it, a great, I mean, you, it, it,
0: not only coming up with the story, but identifying the story is so important. And the idea of a band saving a college. I mean,
1: that's it, yeah. the the the, the, pre- the president was really smart. He once they had one popular band, then he had a second and a third, and he would have two or three Bama State collegians playing every night. And
0: what were the conflicts and the problems that arose? I would assume once you get humans together, there's always
1: somebody's ego. Well, I, I I was making stuff up. You know, it was more. It was really going to be more about the um. It was really going to be more about the president of that college. He he had gone to um, University of Illinois. No, no. um, Chicago. What's the big school? The big the big university. No, Chicago University,
0: University of of Chicago.
1: Yeah. Very famous school. A lot of prestigious things in that school. Um, His father had been the first black person to go to that school. And he also got in there. but they could not live in that area. They had to live, you know, like in Bronzeville because everything was redlined. Right. You know, there was this. But anyway, it was going to be more about him. But what caught me short and when I stopped really was I was dealing with every character was African-American and I was writing dialogue and I decided I could I just didn't feel right about you
0: could be told that's not your story to tell
1: yeah and i think somebody should tell it but it's probably better if an african-american tell it. so you know i i uh, i realized i couldn't do it but um and I'll, I'll, let me ask you about bands yeah i
0: once uh, accompanied somebody to do a big fundraiser and bb king's bus bb king was playing at his bus emptied out and I got to talk to his band and then I later talked to a friend of mine who was in a rock group and I described the bus and the band and he said yeah that's why drugs were invented (laughs) so people could get along he says you live on that bus and if you want to sleep and be left alone I mean you're on top of one another for like 100 200 days out of the year and it's, a, it's almost being in a band and, and it's from the, the Beatles to the stones to the Tommy Dor, whatever. It's a prison sentence. Is
1: that true? Do some people do well, I, I would have been, I would have signed up for it easily. I had friends on the, on the Woody Herman band and it was rough, but you had, everybody had their two seats. So you could kind of sleep, you know, and then the, the, the thing above it and what was it and that was your spot and you could and they said they'd made like little apartments you know they'd have a little table and stuff a little cooler you know and and you and, uh, and you've done that kind of traveling with college bands yeah i've done that yeah no I, I did with some rock bands we traveled the you know summer of 71 greatest year in rock history Maybe so. I think I played with that band that got, you know, inducted into the North Dakota, South Dakota uh, Hall of Fame recently. I got the plaque over there. Spider and the Crabs. We played 90 nights and we had a bus, but we would we would uh, it had bunks in the back and the very the very back quarter was separated off. And that's where the equipment went. Then we had bunks. We had two bunks that went across the whole thing of the back. And you say so you lay up there. Did it, we were, did, it, did it ever feel like a prison? Well, you were much younger. No, but no, no. It no like it would, and we would, we, would, we would get a hotel every two nights. Sometimes we would show up to the gig. We'd set up and then we'd go find a swimming How pool. How did you fit
0: the bus into the hotel rooms?
1: <laughs> I don't understand. So. <clears throat> we, would, we, okay. would, we would shower at, at a swimming pool. Or if there was a lake, we'd go to the lake, you know, and, and or some of the places had showers. Uh, but it was always kind of, we're always, you, you always like, the, 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 do I shower or do I eat? That was the thing on the road. You have to choose. So you get pretty funky, you know. And, and then you're wearing the same clothes and it's summer. We had outfits and we, you know, wore the same stuff.
0: Well, how do you but, fall in
1: love? Oh, it's fine. It's no problem. <laughs> It was It was a swing in sixties, David. A lot of a lot of people came out to hear the band. The First night we played with that band, it was in uh, Storm Lake, Iowa. That's Lake. famous. No, it was Lake Okoboje, Iowa. Well, we boys, also played Storm Lake. Storm Lake's where uh, the, the you know where the plane went down, Buddy Holly. That's where he he had played Storm Lake, and then he flew out there. Right. But we played this. Big beautiful ballroom at Lake Okeechobee amusement park, and we're setting up. I'm going, geez, how are we going to feel this? Two thousand kids showed up. It was packed, like, like the first day of, you know, school was just out. We were just on the tour, and uh, it was it was re- a lot of fun. I did another band like that, but we we always the other band we always uh, we traveled in a van, and a car. The leader had a big Cadillac, and we had a big van. And uh, then we, we, we did, by then that was 75. We did, we stayed in for a week. We did discos. That was during the disco thing. We would do the discos, you know, when I, we, that band in, in 71, the spider and the crabs. We were once, you know, uh, we would take turns driving the bus and we'd drive through the night. We'd play the gig and then we'd drive to the next thing and then maybe sleep, you know, find a place to sleep and then set up and play but it was like the th- we played the third of july somewhere in nebraska and we drove all night and we pull into this town and it's really hot so i'm laying on the top bunk and i got the windows down of the bus and i'm in my underwear you know <laughs> and every everybody there's like three of us laying you know and mm-hmm. then there's people, blowing. we got the windows down because, and it's nice. The, and we pulled into town and it's one of the, it's back in the day when there weren't bypasses, you know, the highways went right through main street. Right. And we get into a parade. <laughs> we we go like your underwear. Yeah. Laying there in my underwear <laughs> and people are hey. and we're waving. Right. We're half naked. Yeah. That was fun. And we, and the of course we we drive in and somebody, I hear somebody up in the front. Why is why is the traffic so slow? Well, it, the parade had gone through and then they opened it up and it was all backed up. So we couldn't zip through. You know, I think right. I jumped down and threw on some trousers. I hope I did. Right. Right. Hey, You want to hear something from my new novel? Yes, sir. Talking about bands. This new novel, Murder at Birdland, is going to be about time travel where a, a, a gentleman about my age, a little younger, is able to go back and maybe help his father who he just found out that is his biological father who played in bands, but the, he goes to 52nd street where all the clubs are. And he has the opportunity to go hear count Basie and art Tatum. And then he hears he's listening to count Basie and he hears that people start coming in. Well, Billy holiday is going to show up and sit in with the band. Hmm. So she shows up and the place packed. And it's a lot of anticipation. So I described that scene. Would you like to hear it? Yes, sir. The band members moved to the stage. The audience grew silent in anticipation, then applauded when Basie appeared with the great singer on his arm. He led her to the microphone, then leaned down into it and spoke in a dignified manner. He was the count, after all. Ladies and gentlemen, the one the only miss billy holiday with that the music started the brass began with a strong and deliberate punch in the middle register followed by the saxes playing legato chords with an exaggerated vibrato the saxes with a meticulous precision honed from years of playing together ended their line on a staccato upbeat silence followed and holiday entered leisurely delivering the first line of the song a cappella She laid back on the time, making the audience wait. Some might have thought she'd forgotten the words, but there they were. The way you wear your hat. Martin knew the song. It was Can't Take That Away From Me, a Gershwin hit from the show Shall We Dance. It had been introduced in 1937 by Fred Astaire, who performed it in his own imitable debonair style as he danced around the room. Since then, Just about every singer who was anything has recorded it. Bing Crosby, Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong, Mel Torme, Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, Rod Stewart, and even Van Morrison. At the bridge of the tune, the middle part, the lyric claims we may never, never meet again on the bumpy road to love. Martin had never thought about the Gershwin song as being or having sexual undertones. But now as the great singer teased each word in the line, bumpy road to love, it bordered on the erotic. Miss Holliday let every syllable bounce in syncopation against the beat like an exotic dancer. With a dreamy look, her head back and her eyes closed. It was if she was recalling something so amorous and sensual you might blush if she went into the details. There are very few videos of Billie Holiday, and Martin realized what a shame that was. To understand the greatness of Lady Day, you couldn't just listen. You had to watch her. The vocal was followed by an extraordinary tenor solo. Martin would find out later it was the great Wardell Gray. Billie watched him and swayed gracefully back and forth to the music, raising her shoulders and eyebrows in unison whenever he played something particularly inventive. She was a great listener not just a great performer. After the solo, the band played the shout section. It's called a shout because it's usually the loudest part of the song. The horns in full harmony but rhythmic agreement most often will play a version of the melody with a bit more syncopation than the original statement. If the shout is well-conceived and well-executed, it will take the listener on a little musical trip, then drop them off at the reprise, or a repeat of the original melody. Arranging is, a t- is telling a story, taking the listener on a journey. Basie had some of the greatest arrangements in the business. The tune concluded and the audience erupted in applause. With her two hands still on the microphone stand and with her head tipped to one side, she smiled with closed lips and made an imperceptible series of nods that traced the arc of the room from left to right. When she had taken full inventory of the, the appreciation of the crowd, she turned to the band in back of her and nodded to them. They were applauding as well. Martin was fascinated. If her intent was to display, to display humility, he thought it hadn't worked. Her effect was the understated grace of royalty. She was the queen of every inch of musical space in the room. And it was clear that she knew it. Mm. That's great. I think it'll be a fun book. Hmm.
0: Fantastic. What's it, what's uh, the discipline? Writing a novel versus writing music.
1: What what is? Do you use use a
0: typewriter? or Use a
1: pencil? What do you? I I, I, I type it out on the computer. I use Word. Just because it's, you know, it catches all the mistakes, the misspellings and everything. And how
0: do you write your music?
1: Um, I do a lot of improvising and then I'll jot things down in longhand and then I'll start to put it together. And uh, I usually do the computer last. So the music is more. um, Muscle memory. Yeah, it's more. Improvise. Although the the you know when I write I'm improvising and I'll back up and say no I'll do something different you know um, and then it's, both of them require a lot of editing you know you you listen and you listen and you read and you go like um, when I decided to do, do this for you today I spent about thirty minutes just editing that passage there so it's, it takes a lot of editing I'm still working on the the love interest we talked about that last week I'm going to get this guy's going to fall in love in nineteen 49 with somebody maybe half his age but let me ask you something i've written it so far that he's never had a date and never had sex and he's 69 do you think that's how many people in the world how many men in the world have never had a date and never had sex that are that age is that is that something i'm I'm amazed that i've had sex (laughs) seriously
0: like a real (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, he's never had sex, so he goes back in time and has sex.
1: He falls in love with. He never felt. He has never. And he's sixty-nine. Yeah, and he and he's, he same. He travels in time, but he's the same age. He stays oh, the same age.
0: I would say more. I, I would say a lot of men. Okay. I would, I, would, I would say a lot of men are like that. He's
1: a professional. He's a clinical psychologist. I mean, how many
0: men are married? I would figure every married man could say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, yeah, I may, I may, he, he may have had, had some sort of, he's, I think he has to have some past experience. He's going to reveal that to his, um, that's going to be a big part of the conversation he's a virgin basically yeah he would be a virgin okay I don't know we if we had the chat we could say what do you think chat but we don't have the chat today in the chat
0: <laughs> What we do have before we play the song is the quizmaster. oh I'm gonna bring the quizmaster in oh I am here and he, he's got a ch- we're gonna have to do it without sound effects believe it or not
1: Unless, maybe i can do some
0: hang on let me see what i got here um i have uh, well since this it's been a while and i don't have the well what's what's the topic let's just keep moving uh, we'll 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 figure it out on january
3: 12th <laughs> on january 12th 1966 This live-action TV series premiered on ABC and became a huge hit. What's the what? What what is the date? January twelfth, nineteen sixty-six. Batman. It starred Burt Ward as a sidekick, and Adam West as the crusader. Today, isn't this multiple choice? Isn't this multiple choice? That's just the intro, and the motherfucker's guessing and getting it right. (laughs) You're screwed. (laughs) Okay, so okay. we have six. We have six questions today, and the guest okay, will good. go first. Professor Mike,
0: yes. All right, so if you get it right, <laughs> if you get, it, if you get it wrong. That's then, a good oh, one. Okay. Oh boy! <laughs> or this,
1: I like that. That's better. If you get, if you
0: get it wrong, I'm going to
2: yeah, play. Yeah. And you
0: get it right. All right. Ooh.
3: Question one, Jack Nicholson, Jared Leto, and Heath Ledger have played this Batman nemesis, but who played him in the TV series Batman? Was it Waldorf, Bacconcini, Cesar Romero, Van Johnson, or Harris Glenn Milstead, a.k.a. Divine?
1: I know this. I thought it was Frank Gorshin. No, it's Cesar Romero i
3: am going to agree the correct answer is Cesar romero
0: and the, and the character is the joker right
3: that's no. correct the joker
0: I, I was thinking of the uh, riddler yeah that is correct that is that's probably one of the it questions looks, coming up looks pissed that off. everybody's right somebody's pissed off at me does your bird talk no, no i was talking oh, to yeah. the bird it just annoy. <laughs> it just annoys
3: me <laughs> that grows on your
0: ass does it talk? <laughs> I'm
3: talking to the bird. Does
1: the bird talk? <laughs> no. Could it talk? Uh, no. Not a talking bird. Doesn't look like a talking no. bird to me. No, this is for it's
3: the if I go like this, it might kiss me.
1: He'll kiss you? Oh, oh. that's sweet. <laughs> Man, he's it's so mo- tame. Momo. Mojito. So tame. It's good to see you, Dan. It good is. Good to see you.
3: Well, here's question number two. You might not be so uh, happy about this. David what goes first. What make and model of car was the Batmobile modeled after? Was it the 1955 Lincoln Futura, the 57 Chevy Bel Air, the 54 Ford Galaxy, or the 1956 Sonar Baker Flying Rat Trap?
0: I always have to have, give me give them again, please. Sure.
3: The 55 Lincoln Futura. 57 chevrolet bel air the 54 ford galaxy or the 56 sonar baker flying rat trap
0: i have no idea i'll go what's the first one i'll go with the first one the lincoln futura
3: i don't know professor Mike? i think it's the bel air the correct answer is the 1955 lincoln futura Ooh. Yeah.
0: So who's right and who's wrong? I think uh, David is right. And Professor Dave's got Mike two.
1: Dave's got two. I've got one. That is that is correct.
0: I, I, I was a lucky guess. And I, he reads me the answers before the show. starts. <laughs> at my age, the fact that I can remember it is. Uh, I wrote these in January. I don't even fucking remember them. <laughs> Has it been that long? Jesus. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. OK. Who's up? Question number three, Professor Mike, who portrayed the villain Egghead?
0: Was it? Burgess? Oh, my God. That's what I used to call. That's Mike Steinel. Before we ever met, I used to call him Egghead. Yeah. Professor. Yeah,
1: I did. Okay, uh, what are the
0: choices?
3: Burgess Meredith, Vincent Price, Victor Buono, or Shelly Yellow Yoke?
1: Shelly Yellow Yoke. I think... <laughs> Burgess Meredith was the penguin, I think.
2: Right.
1: And what was the, what was the next name? Uh, Burgess Meredith, Vincent Price,
0: Victor Buono, and Shelly Yellow Yoke. Victor Buono. I remember Victor Buono, but I'm going to disagree and say Vincent Price. The correct answer is Vincent Price.
1: Well, that's one more for me. <laughs> nah. Three, to nah. one. Three to one. Okay.
3: Vincent in price? Number four. David, you are first this time. What was Mr. Freeze's favorite dessert? Was it baked Alaska, caramelized banana pudding, fig cake, or hot pumpkin pie with warm cream?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why do I think that it was dirty? what you just said what's number one Uh, number one was Baked Alaska I'm going to go with Baked Alaska
1: Professor I'm going to do the same so I don't get any farther behind he's got all the the questions so far the correct answer is Baked Alaska (laughs)
0: <laughs> Hope that's a that pumpkin pie
3: <laughs> option
1: <laughs> oh so it's uh oh, man. four to two four to two that's right
3: question number five professor you are first which of these was a unique feature about the series during the first and second seasons was it the show was filmed only <sighs> at night the actors did all their own stunts there were two new episodes per week or the actors would hang upside down between takes. Two new episodes per week, Tuesday and Thursday. I agree. I agree. Uh, The correct answer is there were two new episodes per week.
1: (laughs) Now it's a wedding all of a sudden. Five to three. I I can't win. I I can't catch up. Uh, now we have to
0: wager. Now, oh, we wager. Is this the last question? This is the last question. Number six. Okay. So, right. you, you can wager all your points, mm-hmm. and that would give
1: you six. If you I do it, gotta do it. Push it all in, and then I'm I'll all in. Wager, uh, two, hey, you can't
2: do
0: it. I'll wager two, which would bring me up to seven. But if I lose. Oh yeah, then I'd be down to three. Okay, Okay, we wager. Okay, here we go. Here we go. David is first. Question number six:
3: Which of the Riddler's female assistants did Batman once dance the batutzi with? Was it Molly, Moth, Betsy, Boldfaced, or Christian Marquesia?
0: It's a hard one. Give it. Give them to me again, please.
3: Was it Molly, Moth, Betsy Boldface, or Christian Markeisha? I'll
0: go with Betsy Boldface. I have no idea. I'm going to go with Molly. The correct answer is Molly. (laughs) And how much did you wager? I, I wagered everything. So I got six. You have six, and I wagered nothing. Oh, either way, you, wager, uh, you wagered I two. Lost. I lost. You lost. You're, You're a
2: three. loser. <gasps>
0: I lost. <laughs> All right.
1: This isn't fun. It's no fun losing. But right up until I lost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know that was an amazing. Um, it was so. I love that show. And it was so tongue-in-cheek. It was so over-the-top silly, you know, and it was a huge hit. Yeah. And, and of course, you couldn't tape anything back then. And we, Tuesday nights, there was always every other week, there was a basketball game. I had to go play in the pet band. My dad was the band director. And I would almost miss the, the game because, you know, the show was on. Mm-hmm. And we lived right across the street from the school and the gymnasium. So I could go, you know, I was... I remember one time I came in, and I'm going, it was Batman. <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> Anyway, all right.
0: let's All right. We're going to play Traveling Light, written. Oh. And performed by the great Professor Mike Steinell.
1: Uh, Inspired by a David Feldman comment that said he never felt comfortable anywhere except a hotel room. And all he needed was a hotel room. And then he started this long list of <laughs> things. And one of them was my sex doll. So that, that creeps in. Everything I do is inspired by David. Floyd. one of my favorite songs. Here we Maybe, go. Me too. Traveling
0: Light.
2: I'm
1: traveling light everything i need got a little bottle of wool light and a little bag of weed got to solve Bellow novel because i really like to read i'm traveling light i'm a creature of the road got no regrets gave up my postal code and cigarettes i'm doing much better with a touch of tourette's i'm traveling light just need a clean room in a motel six not too close to downtown but not out in the sticks I need my pen and teller magic kit so I can do my tricks got my favorite pillow which I call Mr. Fluffy four kinds of allergy pills in case I get stuffy a pound of veps and salts because my ankles get puffy I'm traveling light I got two pairs of socks and shorts in my little valise. a couple of passports and my sex doll and knees. I'm staying real quiet so they don't call the police I'm traveling light I need my sedatives and my antipsychotics. A high-speed parallax motor, cause I'm into robotics. And my little red speedo, I like to do aquatics, I'm traveling late. Got my C-pad machine and my George Foreman grill. A copy of Lolita and my little blue pills. A Navajo blanket. In case I get a chill, I'm traveling late. Send my rusty old blender a fifth of tequila in case i go on a bender my attorney's number in case i want to change my gender i'm traveling light Some visitors for breeze if my room is stinky, a Polaroid in case I get kinky, my Jesus bobblehead and my Star Wars bedspread, I'm traveling light. I got my rabbi costume and my portable dark room, my hair plug lotion and my expensive wrinkle cream. My Emmy statue for my self-esteem. I'm traveling light I got my podcast mixer and a fancy microphone, my exercise bike so I have a place to hang my pants, my very valuable Hummel collection, a menorah made of fish heads, a Christmas tree I like to keep my options open, don't you know, a shoe shine kit, a skill saw, a crossword book, a large supply of mechanical pencils, a year's worth of New York magazines I've been trying to get around to read. Some scripts that I've been tweaking for those people in LA and my enemies list. Don't forget about my enemies list. I think I sent you a version that didn't have the fade out, right? (laughs) But that's okay. Oh, I'm I'm missing. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? I can hear you.
0: Yeah, my I, I potted down. Yeah, there's a different fade out on the. Yeah,
1: I didn't I didn't do a fade out on that, but it just kind I, of. I, went I,
0: I I think I might have heard this song more than any song <laughs> I've I, I noticed. It. It's like you, the Godfather. I hear you, you had that. You had it with the train. You had the video. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's all on a hard drive somewhere. Professor Mike Steinel is the author of saving charlie parker a novel go buy it and it also features uh well if you buy the the multimedia version of saving charlie parker it has the song turtle on it why don't you tell us the musicians who play on your multimedia version of Saving? it's me rosanna eckert uh also i hear her on traveling
1: light right no that's me doing the backup Oh, you sound like her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, said, I can sound like a girl. Yeah. I can walk. I can walk like a girl and I can throw like a girl. <laughs> I'm ambidextrous. Anyway, uh, Rosanna Eckert, great singer. Um, Steve Barnes plays drums. Let um, me see uh, who plays bass. Uh, oh, uh, Carl Hillman's playing bass. The great Pat Coyle's on piano. Chris McGuire is on Turtle. And John Adams is playing some bass on that, too. That's it. That's the band john adams yeah that's the president yeah the president wow that's an expensive that's expensive airfare yeah i had to had to uh, exhume him and everything (laughs) all right thank you good seeing you david buddy thank you thank you see you later